Welcome to an enlightening podcast from IslamPodcasts.com. We encourage our listeners to please comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please remind your family and friends to also visit IslamPodcasts.com for engaging discussions on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, Sirah, and much more. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran, Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com as well as rate, review of iTunes. أعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على رسول الله أما بعد brothers and sisters السلام عليكم ورحمة الله وبركاته and uh, إن شاء الله تعالى we'll uh, continue the uh, sessions of the uh, seerah uh, and today uh, uh, we will be talking about special uh, event that took place in Medina after the migration of the Prophet صلى الله عليه وسلم and uh, we name this session the uh, the covenant of medina the human rights in islam uh, last time we did talk about how rasul sallallahu alaihi wasallam was working to build up the islamic state and to secure that state internally and externally Internally, we talked about the issues and the challenges that faced the Prophet ﷺ when it comes to the Muhajireen and Ansar. We did talk about this and we did talk about how Rasul ﷺ handled this issue uh, between Muhajireen and Ansar. And then we did talk about the external threat and the attempts of Quraysh to uproot and demolish the Islamic State. And we did talk about some sort of economic threat that the people of Quraysh tried to do. And we did talk about some political attempts, uh, like for example, when they t- tried to communicate with Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul to form what we call it nowadays, we call it nowadays to form an opposition to the government. You know, that happens many times in our current situation. If an external power wants to take over of any country or any state, what they will do, they will start communicating with internal forces, especially maybe the army or some parties, and they, tr- they will try to form what's called the opposition, and they support them financially with whatever they need to make them grow and then to, to make them take over. That's exactly what Quraysh was trying to do with the Prophet ﷺ. They tried to communicate with Abdullah ibn Ubayy ibn Salul, and that attempt also failed. And Allah Rasul ﷺ showed us exactly how he made that attempt fail. Then they have, an, they have the attempt to uh, stop and put restriction on Al-Aws wal-Khazraj from not coming and perform Hajj. Or, in today's terminology, they won't give them, they won't give them the visas. So they will like, cut the, let's say, they, they did try to cut the diplomatic relationship with the Aus and Khazraj. 
And we did see how Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh radiallahu anhu, when he went to do Umrah, after the migration of the Prophet and he was with Umayyah ibn Khalaf. And he told Umayyah ibn Khalaf, I want to do Tawaf. So when he was going and doing the Tawaf, the head of the Kufr, Fir'aun of that Ummah, Abu Jahl, he, he saw, he saw uh, uh, him and he said, how come you allow this man to come peacefully and do Tawaf in, uh, in, uh, in, 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 in Mecca? Wallahi, if you are not with Abu Safwan, means Umayyah ibn Khalaf, I would have killed you. And we saw the response, the great, of the response of Sa'ad ibn Mu'adh, a great response, a response of dignity and honor. And he raised his voice also and told him, by Allah, if you come closer to me, I will do something worse to you. You know that your business route to Bilad al-Sham, where it come? Come through Yathrib. So he made him shut up. He made him like, stay silent. And then we saw their attempt to communicate with the Yahud to do some sort of economic sanction around uh, uh, the, the Medina. With all of this, again, we have seen how the Prophet wasallam with that state, a state that was almost, a, not even a year old, with all of this attempt, Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he showed us two main things. The first one, Rasul never give up anything in Islam, never compromised anything in Islam, never said that I'm going to do some sort of gradual implementation of Islam until I strengthen myself, until I build up this state. None of these happened. He was implementing Islam from day one and showing us how to face all of challenges, all of these challenges. That means this is a lesson to the Ummah nowadays because the Prophet it's not a story as we always say to read and enjoy. The Prophet is our best model. He is our Uswatul Hasana. He has showed us how he changed the face of history, how he built that state, how he strengthened that state, how that state became the state number one after like, let's say, 15 or 20 years after, uh, after the migration of the Prophet to Medina. It is not something to enjoy, it's something practical. You face a problem, go see it, read it in the, in the seal of the Prophet then follow it. Not to read it and enjoy, no, follow it. After he was like taking care of all of these attempts of Quraysh, as we see and as we will see inshallah ta'ala, we can tell right now the situation between Mecca and Medina, it was getting worse and worse. And the atmosphere, it was an atmosphere of fight, an atmosphere of war that is, yani, the people were like feeling that it's coming. No matter what, for sure that the uh, materialistic uh, struggle between Mecca and Medina, it's going to happen no matter what. Now, Rasulullah he had another challenge inside Medina. That challenge is the challenge of Yahud. And we know that inside Medina, there was three tribes. Banu Qaynuqa, Banu An-Nadir, and Banu Quraidah. 
three main tribes, those they were inside Medina. So they were the citizens of the new state. They were not like, as you know, some point, so at some point we were thinking, they were like a, a, an independent entity, no. These three tribes, they were the citizens of the Islamic State. Now, Rasulullah with those people and the mushrikeen of Al-Aws Al-Khazraj, Rasulullah he was polite with them. He was, yani, he was using the smooth and easy and natural tone with them. He never took the, you know, uh, the clash with them. He always was inviting them to Islam and calling them for Islam. And he, he was sure that those people won't be isolated in the society of Medina. The isolation of those people in the society of Medina, this is what will cause a, you know, a group of oppositions to come up and start you know, calling and creating a, a, a chaos in the, in the state. So them was very careful. He made them you know, participate. He was you know, consulting them. There's no problem because he is the head of the state. He is the president of the, of the state. Among those people is the, the, the Yahud. Last time you mentioned something very interesting, which is uh, that Yahudi whose name was Al-Husayn ibn Salam. Then Rasulullah named him Abdullah ibn Salam. When he came to the Prophet and he was talking to the Prophet and he asked him three questions. And he told him, if you answer these questions, then I know you are the, the Prophet. Then he said, what, was, what will be the first sign of Yawm uh, Al-Qiyamah? Then he said, what was, will be the first food the people in uh, Jannah will eat? And then uh, when the boy will look like his father and when he will look like his mother. And he said, if you answer these questions, then for sure you are a Prophet. Rasulullah he told him the first question, uh, the first sign of Yawm uh, Al-Qiyamah is when a fire comes and you know, have like a sanction around the people, then the first food the people will eat in Jannah is some, some port or some, a part of the liver of the whale, of the whale. And then he said, the boy will look like his father if the water of the, of the, of the man dominates the water of the woman. But if the water of the woman dominates the water of the man, then he will look like his, uh, his mother. Then he said, However, and this man, he was among the rabbis, among the scholars of the Yahud. And he said, O oh Rasulullah, I know my people. They will not leave me alone. And if, I, if they know I became Muslim, then they will perish me. Show me something or tell me something or advise me. Then Rasulullah said, why don't you hide? inside the room, and then I will talk to them. Then he called upon the Yahud and he told them, what do you think about Al-Husayn ibn Salam? Then they said, he is the most knowledgeable among us, and he is the son of the most knowledgeable among us, and he is the greatest, and the son of the greatest. Then he said, what do you, know, what do you think if he entered Islam? Then he said, inna na'udu billahi and يعني, uh, we, 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 we seek refuge to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that this will never happen to him. Then Abdullah bin Salam came out and he said, Ashadu an la ilaha illallah wa ashadu anna Muhammad Rasulullah. Then right away they said, you are the worst and you are the son of the worst among us. So this was an indication that the Yahud, 
will never accept Islam, or at least the majority of them will never accept Islam. And this is going to be a problem inside the Islamic State. So, our Rasul must do something towards this. So, our Rasul he took a very important and decisive political decision, which is what? Which to form a treaty with the Yahud. Rasul as his status always, he wanted everybody to enter Islam. He doesn't want to lose anybody to enter Islam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, uh, it's looked like you are going to kill yourself out of grief if they do not enter Islam. This was the status of Rasulullah. So Rasulullah didn't want to lose any chance to bring anybody to Islam. So if they did not come to Islam now, then they might come later on. So Rasulullah he did not want to create any kind of conflict with the citizens of Al-Madinah, including the Yahud and the Mushriks. Therefore, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and of course, you know, the relationship between the Yahud and the Muslimin, it was, it did not have any sort of conflict at all. Those people, they were, they are the, they were the citizens of Medina, of Yathrib. They have their own business over there. They have their own uh, economy over there. They were from long, long time ago. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he comes and he tells the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَا يَنْهَاكُمُ اللَّهُ عَنِ الَّذِينَ لَمْ يُقَاتِلُوكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ وَلَمْ يُخْرِجُوكُمْ مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ أَنْ تَبَرُّوهُمْ وَتُقْسِطُوا إِلَيْهِمْ إِنَّ اللَّهَ يُحِبُّ الْمُقْسِطِينَ إِنَّمَا يَنْهَاكُمْ عَنِ الَّذِينَ قَاتَلُوكُمْ فِي الدِّينِ وَأَخْرَجُوكُمْ مِنْ دِيَارِكُمْ وَظَاهَرُوا عَلَى إِخْرَاجِكُمْ أَنْ تَوَلُّوهُمْ وَمَنْ يَتَوَلَّهُمْ فَأُولَئِكَ هُمُ الظَّالِمُونَ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not forbid you, does not forbid you to be kind and fair with those who did not fight you and who did not force you to, to leave your, uh, uh, your land. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking you to be kind and fair and just with them. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who have justice. But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala prohibits you from taking alliance. Who are they? Those who fought you and those who exiled you from your land and those who helped the Quraysh to take you out of their land. Those people, there is, don't be kind with them. There is nothing called justice with them. And if you take them as alliance, then you will be among the Zalimin. Among the Zalimin. So the Yahud in Medina did not have any conflict with the Sahaba, with the Muslimin. So there must be yani, different way in dealing with them. Different way in dealing with them. Just uh, to give the credit, actually, um, uh, this treaty that Rasulullah signed with the Yahud, I got most of its uh, articles from a website called the Story of Islam uh, for Dr. Raghib Sirjani, an Egyptian guy. Uh, it's very, very, very good. Unfortunately, it's in Arabic. It's not in English, but he has a lot of you know, uh, details in it. So I'm just you know, uh, 
putting his name as you know as the reference to give him the credit because he did a, really, a very good job in in this. So Rasulullah decided to do a treaty with the Yahud. Now, somebody might ask if they are the citizens of the Islamic State, why he would go and sign a treaty? Because the treaty, we know, it's between different states. Now, when you read this treaty with the, the other treaty, the other treaty or the covenant of Medina, when Rasulullah wrote that between the Muslims themselves. So if we put this one with that one, Yani, we are not exaggerating if you are saying that this is a constitution. That constitution, it has articles that deals with Muslims. And there are articles that deals with non-Muslims. But those Muslims, the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will apply on them. What about non-Muslims? Are we going to call them minority? Are we going to call them uh, like middle class or low class? Is there classes in Islam? So this treaty actually, it is the constitution, the constitution that declares that the people or non-Muslims, including the Yahud, they are the, citizen, the citizens of the Islamic state and they have their own rights and they have their own obligations. So this is a form of articles that is given to the non-Muslim citizen to guarantee their rights, to guarantee their rights. So this treaty with the Yahud, we are not exaggerating if we are saying this is the first document in the human rights. Nowadays, over, all over the media, people are talking about human rights. Every time they go to a country, they write a report, human rights. Human rights violation in Egypt. Human rights violation in Syria. Human rights violation here and there. And we have seen that this, what's so-called human rights violation, or human rights, that was developed from the human themselves. So how could a human come up with rights that will guarantee the rights of all of, you, all, of you, of all of the humanities when they are on the other direction when it comes to belief and culture and 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 and, and, iman and all, all of it. This will, will, will be a result, this will result into conflict. That's the human. If I'm gonna write some articles or if I am going to write some laws regarding the human rights, if it agrees with me and my needs, definitely it will not agree and match the others. Because this is the nature of the human. Whatever they produce, it will have a lot of conflict. So if we are going to look for a human rights, we have to get this human rights from the creator of the human. Because he knows what they need. He knows, he knows what kind of rights they deserve and how to protect and how to preserve all of their rights. And that was dictated more than 1400 years ago by the Prophet 
And here we are talking about the Prophet ﷺ. He was the head of the state, giving those people their rights. And telling them, as long as you fulfill these, your, these, these covenant, nobody will miss with you. Nobody will miss with you. So let's go ahead and read these treaty or these articles in the treaty, in the treaty, to see what exactly the human rights mean. So this is the first part, the human rights that comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It's been dictated more than 1400 years ago with the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, with who? With the Yahud. With the Yahud, those who are occupying the lands of Muslim and signing a treaties with what so-called the rulers of the Muslim and betraying all types of human rights that were developed by the United Nations. And unfortunately, many people, they will come and say what? They will say, we are doing a treaty with those people nowadays because the Rasul did a treaty with them. We're going to look and see what the Rasul did at that time and what was their status and what is the status nowadays with the treaties that they have in the current time. In the current time. So, the treaty of the Prophet given human rights for the people. Second, it shows the dignity of Islam. It shows the honor of Islam. It shows that Islam had the authority. It shows that Islam, re represented by the head of the state, which was the Prophet he is the one who is forcing all of these articles. And everybody else, they were just signing. And Rasul fulfilled all of these treaties until they themselves betrayed all of these treaties. And of course, anyone who betrayed a treaty, he has to face the consequences as they did at the time of the Prophet So let's go and take a look at the article of this treaty to see both things the human rights and the dignity and the honor and the strength and the power of Islam that unfortunately we are missing nowadays. So this is the first article. The Jew or the Jewish of Bani Auf are one nation with the believers. They are one nation with the believers. What do we understand from this part? We understand from this part that they were the citizens of the Islamic State. One nation means they live under the same umbrella. They live on the same land. They live under the same state. The believers and the Yahud of Bani Auf. What does this mean? Does this mean that there is a threat on their deen? That they are, they would be like forced to, to change their iman and their deen? No. Because the second part of this article says what? Lil Yahudi deenuhum walil muslimina deenuhum. The Jews will practice their own religion and the Muslims will practice their own. Isn't this the thing that people look for nowadays when they go and say in the human rights that 
we have to guarantee the freedom of religion. Isn't it what they say nowadays? Isn't it? They are the one who violates this. Nowadays, they did sign this. Where is, where is the human rights nowadays? For example, if we look at Syria. Assad has been killing his own people for many years. The human rights did not kick in only when what so-called ISIS came in the picture and they started like, like uh, broadcasting that those people, they are violating the human rights, so we have to you know, form a coalition to go and fight them. The human rights nowadays, it goes with their own benefits. If they have benefit in something, they will go and call for the human rights. So they will go and fight what so-called ISIS. Allah knows from where they came, but the human rights does not move anybody against Assad when he was killing and forcing his own people to leave their country. Where is the human rights when it comes to Burma, the Rohingya? We barely hear them or hear about them on the news. Don't they say that the human rights guarantees the freedom of religion? Those people in Burma, they've been tortured, been slaughtered, been burned because of what? Because of their deen. Because of their deen. So the thing is not just, just, just to say that the people, they are free to, to worship what they want or to have their own religion. No, the point is to guarantee this. And Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa in the Islamic State, more than 1400 years, in the first article with non-Muslims, telling them, do not worry. Do not worry about your religion. Do not worry about your deen. Your deen, your religion has been protected. Your deen and your religion has been preserved. Nobody will miss with that in the first article in that treaty. So the first article, as we said, indicates that the Yahud, they were the citizens of the Islamic State because they are one nation with the believers, but their deen and their religion, it is protected. Nobody can mess with it. Nobody can touch it. That's the first one. لا إكراه في الدين. Now, it's true that it says Yahudu Bani Auf. Then, down with the, with the rest of the articles of this treaty, he mentioned who? He mentioned Yahudu Bani Najjar, Yahudu Bani Haritha, Yahudu Bani Sa'ida, all the tribes of, or all the sub-tribes of the Yahud, which means what? Which means that this treaty and this covenant is being given to protect the rights of non-Muslims, especially the Yahud, all of them, not only Manu'auf, no, all of them. So that was the first article that shows the very first or the very يعني, most important issue that concerns the people, which is your culture, your thoughts, your belief. What's going to happen to it? If I am going to live under the umbrella of this prophet who came to us. The second one, which is also very important, and that also concerns everybody. That article says, the Jewish shall be responsible for their spending and 
their economy, and the Muslims will be responsible for theirs. Now, as we say, as we said again, this is from whom? This is from the head of the state. Given the fact that economy in Medina, or most of the economy in Medina, was controlled by the Yahud. Be it the market, the biggest market was by Bani Qaynuqar, then the trades, then the water. All the water, major wells of the water was controlled by the Yahud. And Rasul telling them, and he is the head of the state, telling them that nobody will bother you with your wealth, with your economy. With your wealth or with your economy. Your economy, your business, it's been protected. It's, with, it's, it's under our dhimma, it's under our protection, it's under our... Uh, it's under our, uh, you know, dhimma uh, again, which is the ahd, the promise from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to be protected. Nobody can touch it. And this is from the head of the state. He did not act like I am the head of the state, then I'm going to go and do all types of taxes and force you to leave your countries and to leave your lands and to uh, force you out of your economy and your business. No. He is telling them, and this is like a key point here that this thing concerns everybody, okay? When a state comes, the first question is going to come, what they, what they going to do with our religion and our belief and our culture? The second one, what's going to happen to our lands? What's going to happen to our economy? What's going to happen to our business? What's going to happen to our agriculture, our lands? What's going to happen? So Rasulullah, he knows. He knows this. And he's a prophet. He's telling them, don't worry. Don't worry. Nobody will miss your economy. Nobody will miss your business as long as you fulfill the articles of this treaty. And this has been written by the Prophet And the same thing goes with the believers, with the Muslimin. They have their own economy. Nobody will touch it. Okay, these are the human rights. It were guaranteed, and they were guaranteed until, and Rasul as we said last time, Rasul he did all of his effort, all of his effort to protect those people and make sure they have their own rights. And their rights have been fulfilled until they did all what it takes to betray the Prophet and the Sahaba and the Muslimin, and then they faced the consequences as we will see inshallah ta'ala. Now, this is the first two articles were very important for the Muslims and the Yahud at the same time, both of them. Now, now we're going to see the, 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 the dignity of Islam, the honor of Islam, the greatness of Islam. This article now, it's talking about what? It's talking about since you are the citizen of this state and the Muslimin are the citizen of this state, this is a state and for sure this state will definitely face, you know, could face external attack. 
what would be the situation here? Our Rasul he wrote that in the article and he said, if, an if attacked by third party, if Medina or this state, and look, we see the stone, right? The stone of the president. He is the president of the state. He is writing this and all of them, they are listening and they end up signing it. He says, if attacked by third party, each means the Jewish and Muslims, shall come to the assistance of the other. They must help and protect and assist each other. In another article, or in another one, he says, uh, which is the, uh, if an attack, the Yahud shall contribute, here, the Jewish shall contribute to the cost of war as long as they are fighting alongside with the believers. With the believers. So if there is an attack, they should assist each other because that's their land. The land that you have, got, that you got the protection from the head of the state on your businesses and your economy, nobody can touch it, nobody can mess with it. Now, if there is an attack, this attack definitely will do what? It's an attack not just against the Muslimin, this attack could be against Yathrib, against the Medina itself. So there must be an assistant among each other and there must be a contribution in the cost of war as long as the war exists. As long as the war exists. More. The, each party, the Yahud, and the Muslimin, each party shall hold consultation to each other, having mutual relationship, and this relationship should be, shall be like founded based on the righteous action. And of course, any kind of sin is totally excluded. Means, when you help each other, and support each other, this help and this support must be towards what? Towards al-birr, not towards the sin. And anyone who is being oppressed must be supported. Anyone who is being oppressed must be supported. That's again for the human rights. Anyone who is oppressed must be supported. He did not specify Muslim or non-Muslim, no. Anyone lives in that state must be supported. Not that only. He also was talking about the neighborhood, the neighboring. He says, That your neighbor is exactly like you. He should not be treated in a different way or who should not be oppressed in any way or in any means. All of these, all of these protect the affairs of the Yahud. It's been given by a state called an Islamic state. The first, the fourth article in that treaty, which is very, very important article, and the Rasulullah he knows, of course, he knows the Yahud. 
and he knows the history of the Yahud with the previous prophets. He knows how they were slick, how they were like always, 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 you know, plotting against anyone who could be a threat against them. So Rasulullah he wanted to make sure that this is being taken care of with this article, which is what? About the first or the threat that is coming against the Islamic State comes from who? At that moment, from Quraysh. Quraysh is the one that will definitely, the first threat against Islam and Muslimin is Quraysh. So Rasulullah he wrote this, this article in that treaty saying, وَإِنَّهُ لَا تُجَارُ قُرَيْشٌ وَلَا مَنْ نَفَرَهَا وَإِنَّهُ لَا تُجَارُ قُرَيْشٌ وَمَنْ نَصَرَهَا I'm just looking for the, uh, the translation. I had it here. Uh, okay, the parties in that treaty, in this treaty, shall boycott Quraysh completely. And they shall also abstain from extending any support to them. So, Quraysh, before this, they, and if we want to use our today's terminology, the diplomatic relationship between Quraysh and the Yehud was good, if not strong. Again, those people, they were, the people of Quraysh, they were like, doing, they were like businessmen. Trades, selling and buying, getting the goods from Gladys Sham from Yemen, and the people of, of Yahud, they had the same situation. So there is, there, is, there is some sort of diplomatic relationship between the, uh, the, the Quraysh and the Yahud. And also he wanted to make sure that this relationship between Quraysh and Yahud does not continue. Now this is a new situation. And that was understood by the Sahaba, by the way, with the second pledge, if you remember, when, when, in the second, the second bay'ah, when uh, one of the Sahaba of the, of the Ansar, when he told the Rasulullah before they did the, uh, the bay'ah, he interrupted the bay'ah and he said, wait, inna lana hibalan ma'al qawm, we have some treaties with the people. Who are they? The Yahud. Wa inna laqati'uha. Now when they become Muslims, that's it, this Islam, this Islam must, cut and remove all kinds of treaties. All kinds of treaties. Now they belong to Islam. And if Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala supported you and you became, you know, powerful, are you going to leave us? And leave us alone with those people? Then Rasulullah said, no, I will fight whom you are fighting and I will do peace treaty with whom you are doing peace treaty. So now Rasulullah, he wanted to emphasize on this and he knows he knows the reality of the Yahud that they will, they will try to betray this treaty. So he comes and he put this, is, this as an article in the covenant that Quraysh shall not be supported. Quraysh by name, he's mentioned the name. Yani maybe later on they would come and say, you know what, we did not talk about Quraysh. No, here he specifically mentioned Quraysh should not be supported 
or anyone supports Quraysh should not be supported at all. وَأَنَّ النَّصْرَ عَلَى مَنْ دَهِمَ يَتْرِبْ And we should help and support each other against anyone would attack Yathrib, including who? Including, including Quraysh. So this is, this is the, the, the article that shows the strength and the power of Islam. Rasulullah he is putting these conditions. He is putting these conditions and those people will never, you know, they have to fulfill these uh, conditions no matter what. Another article, when I was searching and, 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 and uh, you know, trying to collect different narration of this, uh, of this, I came to across one interesting article actually in this treaty, which yani, made me believe without any doubt that the Yahud were citizens of the Islamic State. That article is that any Yahud is not allowed to leave Yathrib or Medina without the permission of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Again, because he knows their reality. He knows how would they act. He knows that if those people, of course this treaty comes after his attempts and he was, his, his trial to, to convince them because they know the right, they, they were the people of the book, right? They were the people of the book and they knew that Muhammad Sallallahu was a Prophet. And we mentioned that the story of uh, Safiya Bintu, the son, or the, the, the daughter of Huyay ibn Akhtab, the wife of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam. when one time she said, my father and my, uh, my uncle, one time they came and they usually used to come and carry me and play with me and that time they did not even look at me and I hear them talking about Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam when he migrated to Medina. Then he, she said, my uncle was asking my father, Ahuwa huwa? Is, he, is this the Prophet? Then he said, yes, he is the Prophet. So they know, they know in their books that Muhammad was the Prophet. Then he told him, what are you going to do with him? He said, I will fight him. Even though he knows that he is the Prophet, he said, I will fight him. So this fact was known to the Prophet So he wanted to protect this state. That's why he put the, 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 the article about Quraysh. Then now he puts this article which is no one, no one from the Yahud shall leave Medina without the permission of the Prophet It's like the visa system. And that even exists nowadays, right? All these countries, if they feel that this person or that person could cause a threat to a state or to the, to the state, they will take his passport or they will put his name on the borders or in the, or in the airport that no, what they call, no fly or no travel or whatever. Just name it. He is not allowed to leave. That was, that was stated more than 1400 years ago by the head of the state, by the Prophet wasallam. Very, very important to understand and very important to, to, uh, uh, to uh, realize. Now, again, the other article comes, which also more important. See, the human rights, you have your rights, it's protected, your religion, uh, you are citizens, your economy is protected, 
the neighbors to take care of each other, any oppressed one must be supported, all of these human rights, then it comes to, you know, to show the strength of Islam and the protection of the state. What if, a question might come to the minds of the people, what if there is a dispute between the Yahud and the Muslim? What should we do? Here comes to the, in the, in the article, which, which says, um, Okay, should any disagreement, should any disagreement arise between the parties of this faith, then what is the reference? What is the source of solution? Then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his, as his messenger shall settle this dispute. It goes back to where? It goes back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger. It goes back to what? To Islam. It goes back to what? To the command of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It goes back to what? It goes back to the rules of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It goes back to the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not it goes back to the United Nations or Security Council or all of these nations that exist nowadays that has nothing to do with the human rights even though they keep talking about the human rights they are the first to violate the human rights the reference is none, none of these this, the reference is none of these at all now tell me tell me when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam is in a state with the definition of the states at that time was weak in terms of what? Economy, in terms of army, in terms compared to Quraysh at least, it was not that strong. And the Rasul is telling them telling the Yahud. The Yahud who control the economy in Medina, telling them any dispute, any problem, any issues should go back to where? Should go back to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Where is the gradual implementation in Islam now? Those people who come and take power because they take the power because they raise the banner of Islam. People, they, 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 they support them. They choose them. They vote for them. Once they sit on the chair, they say, you know what? We cannot implement Islam right now because all the nations will gather around us. Our Rasul and they say we have to gradually implement Islam. And, and as a matter of fact, they are gradually going away from Islam. Maybe you saw the video, like in Tunis, in the parliament, when the Muslim, what's so-called Muslimin, they were voting for what? They were voting for decreasing the taxes on wine. They voted. They said, we need to decrease the tax on wine. And after that, they said, we need a break to pray Maghrib. You see the conflict? Where is the gradual? Not, it, it did not even have any gradual implementation on Islam. This is very clear. Rasulullah is putting this treaty and telling them any dispute, any problem, any issues must go back to the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, not any other hukum. 
not to the hukum of the Yahud, not to the hukum of the Mushrikeen among the Aus and Hazraj, not to the hukum of Quraysh, not to the hukum of Romans, not to the hukum of Persia, not to the hukum of any entity that existed at that time. It must go back to the hukum of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the rule of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the dignity of Islam. This is the honor of Islam. This is how Islam should rule, how Islam should be implemented, how Islam should take over. Not through what's so-called gradual implementation or all of these names. These, these are the treaties or these are the articles of the treaty between the Yahud and the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. And we'll end, as we said, Rasul did all of his effort. Did all of his effort, as we said, to make sure that those people will have the room open in a sort of them to enter Islam, but they did not. Even though they knew it. They knew it is the haq more than the people of Quraysh. As we will see, all of these tribes, they broke this covenant. They broke this covenant. They tried to kill up the Prophet And Bani Quraysh, they wanted to get the people of Ahzab to enter Medina from their end. So they faced the consequences and they faced what they deserve. We'll, we'll come to this insha'Allah in more detail. But I would like to cover one issue here. The one I mentioned at the beginning of today, which is those people who come and say that we are signing the treaty with the Yahud nowadays based on this treaty. We'll just, let's just take a look. The first, and the, mo the first and the most important thing from this treaty, we learn what? We learn that Islam, it is a system that controls all aspects of life. Not just Salah and Siyam, not just reading Quran, not just building Masajid, no. Islam beyond it. It's a complete way of life that sets up what? Constitution to organize the life of the people, to guarantee the human rights of the people, their religion, their economy, Whoever being oppressed from them, all of these. The second point, which is, Al Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he signed this treaty with the Yahud, and the Yahud over there, they were on their lands for many, many, many years ago. Al Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam, he came as a new ruler for that land, and those people they become the citizens of the Islamic state. And he signed this treaty as what? As a constitution to guarantee their rights. And as a constitution to show their responsibility. But the Yahud nowadays, what did they do? They come and they occupy the land of the Muslims. And the treaty that's been signed with them, be it with Egypt or with Jordan or with what's called Palestinian Authority, this treaty, it's giving a recognition to the people to occupy and take the land of the Muslims. Where is the similarity here? How do we do yes here to make, to say that this treaty is the same as this treaty? They are completely different. They are completely the opposite. Those people were given the treaty because they lived there. It's their country. It's their land. It's their economy, 
But those people, they come and they took over the land of the Muslims. We have seen that the Prophet said, nobody should leave Medina or the state without the permission of the Prophet Nowadays, the president, what's so called the president of Palestine, the president of Palestine does not leave Palestine without the permission of the Yahud. Then we see it's complete, it's the opposite. It is the opposite. So where is the similarity here again? Not that only anyone, I could go there and I don't really guarantee to leave that, I don't guarantee. For any reason, they will tell me, you know what? You're not allowed to leave. Who has the upper hand? Who has the authority? Here the Prophet ﷺ shows that they, he has the authority, he has the upper hand, he has the power. He was the real ruler, but the, here it's completely the opposite. They are the rulers. They are the one who put these rules and regulations. They are the, the one who put the rules and the regulations. So nobody can leave that country. One more thing. I live there and I see it very well about the human rights. You could not see discrimination as you see it over there. We have seen in the first article there is no discrimination whatsoever in Islam. No discrimination, no classes. It's even mentioned in, in, in the inshallah ta'ala, it's mentioned in the in the future constitution of the Islamic State in a book written by Sheikh Taqid bin Nabahani. One article says that there is no differences between the citizens of the Islamic State, Muslims or non-Muslim. All of them, they should receive their rights in education, in healthcare systems, in everything, financially. Everything must be taken care of. There is no discrimination whatsoever. Now, if you are driving in Palestine, for example, you will tell, even if you are not there at all, you will tell that right now, you are driving away from what's called the Palestinian Authority and you're going into another entity. You will see completely different stuff in the streets, in the signs, in the infrastructure, in everything. Complete discrimination. Here, there is no discrimination. Here, in Islam, there is no discrimination whatsoever. But those people who are signing this treaty with the Yahud nowadays, claiming that they are following the, 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 the Prophet وسلم, this is completely a false story at all. Rasulullah gave them the right in neighboring, that the neighbor should take care of his neighbor. The neighbor should, should take care of his neighbor and he should look at him as himself, be it a Muslim or non-Muslim. If we look at that area in Palestine, look how much the neighbor of that what's so called the Yehud state, how they are suffering, be it in Lebanon, be it in Syria, because of them, be it in, you know, in Jordan or in Egypt. Those neighbors, because of them, they were suffering. In the treaty of the Prophet what did he say? That he said that the Yehud and the Muslims should get together and support each other and contribute financially to help in defending the, the state. Those people nowadays, they are bringing all other nations and 
promoting and pushing in towards what? Towards fighting and killing and destroying Muslim men. Big difference between the human rights that was given by the Prophet and the human rights that's been given by today. And one last statement to, to specify, I mean, to, to, uh, uh, to focus on the human rights that were given to, by the Prophet that was from Allah, from the Creator. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Creator, the one who created the human, He knows what is good for them. It was given by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The human rights that's been given nowadays, and they are doing nothing by violating their own human rights, it's been given and written by human. And anything comes from the human, it definitely will have all types of contradiction and that will never help and support any human rights. I will stop here inshallah ta'ala. And next time we will talk about uh, after this, even after this treaty, how the Yahud started violating these treaties and how they tried many times to create the conflict among the Muslims and how they even went outside to bring the Ahzab against the Muslims and will continue inshallah ta'ala uh, you know, in, the, uh, in the sequence of the Sirah. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Podcasts on current events, Islamic guidance, Quran Tafsir, and Sirah are available at islampodcasts.com as well as on iTunes. Rate, review, and comment, and let us know how we can grow in our knowledge to better serve our community. Please subscribe, share, and tell a friend about islampodcasts.com.